This is a Rooster Teeth production. The 1990s saw the birth of several internet chat rooms where people could create avatars and spend time in a virtual world with others. While these were designed for innocent entertainment, some used these for their own nefarious purposes. Today we dive down the rabbit hole of Worlds.com and the Cult of Saturn. This is Red Web. Task Force, it's a Monday, and we dug deep into the internet for this one. I'm Trevor Collins. That is Alfredo Diaz. This frightens me. Yeah? I don't know. There's just something weird about, like, chat rooms. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. It, I've always been afraid of them. It's twisty-turny, man. Like, there's so much loose ends on mysteries like this, and it's been a while since we've uncovered a really deep dot-com-centric mystery. But this one is one of those weird nebulous ones that transcends reality into the online presence back and yeah. forth. And, and I'm going to say this outright. This is a very difficult one to pin down. There's a lot of loose ends that you just can't find the information for. So I'm going to do my best, but use that gut instinct of yours to stop me down whenever you feel lost. I'm just... Or scared. That's just a little scared. A little scared? Right? Yeah, because I mean, like, if it's if you're, like, talking to people online, uh-huh. maybe, like, in a Discord server or uh, TeamSpeak or whatnot, if you want to, like, send it back. Sure. Um, Then... It's a lot harder for people to be weirder using their actual voice, you know? Right. And 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 like you sure you have like Reddit and forums and and threads, um, blog posts and stuff like that where people Buzzwords. get together and yeah. <laughs> they they get together and they and they they post their thoughts and everything like that, but that's not like usually in real time, right? Yeah. Like there's just like there's a post here, maybe a day later, maybe a couple hours later. Chat rooms just like it's just anonymous words oh, yeah. flowing out of someone at like the speed of light. You don't know what you could find, what you could hear. Yeah. This is that web 1.0 kind of stuff as we transcended into 2.0 with right. social media and so whatnot. Th- was this just as like like chat rooms, like text rooms? This is uh, early websites. This is chat rooms. This is MMOs. This is potential ARGs. MMOs this is too? everything we've talked oh, about ever man. when it comes to online mysteries. This hits all of those. Okay. And uh, so this this stems from a time where anonymity was of the utmost importance to the internet, right? The, the whole point was that you could have this centralized information bucket where people could share information and talk, but they also were so fearful of, of their personal information. So yeah. this was kind of crossing that border for one of the first times. Before then, obviously, Web 2.0 brought social media to the forefront where your data was all out there. All the time. And now that's the internet that we've come very used to, right? Like you say, you go to Discord, your voice is there, your name is there, your footprint, your digital footprint is all over the place. All over. I'm stepping on everything Stepping on everything. But, you know, to age ourselves a little bit, you know, this harkens back to a time where your parents were like, hey, don't say your name online. Make sure you got a screen name that's like Big Poop or 27, you know what I mean? (laughs) Big Poop. Big Poopin'. Hey, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Your bio just says dropping loads. <laughs> All right. So let's let's dive into this one because it gets hairy. There's a lot of information. So like I said, feel free to stop me with any questions you have. We're going to start at the top with worlds.com. Gracie put this one together with her research. We're going to try to make sure we keep this nice and organized, okay? Worlds.com. So many, like 99.9% of the episodes we do, I just have had no clue of oh, yeah. it ever existing whatsoever. And that's a good point. That's why we're here. 
for the people out there, the task force that love mysteries. That terrify me. But they don't want to get into the weeds. They don't want to dirty their hands. We'll do that <laughs> yeah, for them. Deliver just, it all in a nice bite-sized package. By putting our digital footprint on all over the place. Well, someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, all right. So let me set the scene. As you enter the 1990s, the internet is really just picking up steam and it's on its way to becoming a household name at this point, right? You end the decade, the 1999.com bubble, where everyone and their parents have a .com, right? But in April of 1995, Worlds.com comes online. It's a chatroom-style 3D virtual world, and it was introduced by the company Worlds Incorporated. Think of it like Ready Player One, a very, very early version, lo-fi as all get out, version of uh, Second Life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Worlds.com was a new and more interactive version of immersing yourself into an online world compared to, for example, video game consoles at the time, right? The SNES, mm -hmm. you have the PlayStation, N64, Sega Saturn, all coming out in this kind of time window. Right. But all, I mean, you know, talking consoles, this yeah. is just like computer web. You, there's a lot more you can mm -hmm. do there. Not as restrictive. You have an operating system to work off of. Right. This was essentially a project designed to get people interacting with this very, very new internet forum, right? This In ways that games hadn't really cracked yet. So players got to create their own avatars. They could personalize their appearance. They created worlds that they could be much more familiar with. Modern takes would be like Roblox or Second Life. I mean, this, this was very new at the time, but now that we speak of it here in 2022, it feels of course obvious right? yeah or it's like this is what doesn't have this in some way shape or form right yeah i mean damn you even have like hoas they're like create your profile talk to your oh my god <laughs> everything's like, got profiles why? now why do i need like why do i need a profile to talk to you well, that's what web 2.0 is all about weird. baby they want your data so they can that's, sell it to someone that's true data I, is a multi-trillion dollar business and uh you're just not in on it. So uh, anyway, that's true. my own personal opinion. But anyway, this is a very visual kind of thing. And if you, I mean, we're going to do our best to make sure you can still understand this as an audio podcast. But if you want the visuals, head to Twitter or head to YouTube.com, both with the handle RedWebPod, YouTube.com slash RedWebPod. And you can check out some of the visuals. But I'm going to show Fredo some of the worlds that can be made. For example, if you remember the 90s, we got Hanson World. We've got New York Yankees World. We've got uh, uh, so they just really World. just really went with just um, oh my god yeah just themes you Bowie know World think of this Sky as Geo Cities or MySpace Holy but in hell. three dimension Animal right? House the Fun House you got a lot of RGB Hanson World people just throwing images up because they this, can this seems like Second Life with like RuneScape graphics oh my god yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what this if RuneScape was like yeah. scaled up a little bit. Just yeah. a tiny bit. Like that's as close as I can describe that. Yeah, to this be. this definitely this New York Yankees world looks definitely like MLB nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Right? <laughs> From the PlayStation. Yep. But transitioning into the early two thousands, worlds.com saw a decrease in traffic as other MMOs started to become online, right? You have Toonstown, you got Room Space, Second Life, all so these Rune Space. What room space? Oh, I thought you said rune space. Oh, oh what? No, Toontown, room space, Second Life, oh. Pang Club Penguin. I'm imagining is in there. Oh, I thought you actually was like Club Penguin was actually on that list. No, no. <laughs> I'll say it's not on what? this list, but I hoped it was. Why? <laughs> but basically, competition is starting to heat up, right? Yeah. The people's attention are being pulled in many different ways. 
eventually, like any monster in the industry, like YouTube.com suddenly has all of its competitors in social media. You can upload video anywhere. But despite this, Worlds.com survived and it's still, to this day, downloadable and accessible, right? So as with everything tangible that we discuss, I urge caution as you download anything on the internet. I don't think I need to even say that anymore, but you know, I'll say it. If you go to worlds.com, it's still up. Just proceed with caution if you really want to do that. I mean, what is, what is there, like 50 people on worlds.com? That's, bet that's it a really good I question. I bet it doesn't look any better than what it looks like on that picture. Oh, no. I mean, you look at World of Warcraft and it's it's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to why they're still online, it's rumored that the game's original creator, Tom Kidron, is still funding the server with his own money and running it out of his home, as if he has maybe a server room or something. What the? As to I mean, why? Question mark. I don't know. I mean, maybe just because it was his baby, he doesn't want to kill it off. That's probably it. I mean, if there's any people still using it, yeah, they probably feel like it is their home, like a very dedicated, right. passionate. 50 I grew people. up on this. I didn't want to leave it, and this is where I, this is where I grow up, and I, this is where I die. What? Yeah, maybe. But in the early 2010s, uh, and I'm. I just want to say, as an aside, I'm really happy we're in the 20s, so we can stop with the O's and the 10s and the teens. We can just say 20s, 30s, 40s. We can go back to that. Yep. But anyway, in the early 2010s, Anons on 4chan, they have two, well, they have many boards on 4chan, but the two that we're going to talk about are the V and X boards. I believe, if memory serves, that the X board is a paranormal-centric board. I'm not sure what the V board is. Don't really care to visit 4chan, but uh, anyway... On these online forums, I have some thoughts, but I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah, (laughs) on these anonymous forums, uh, they talked about like cultish, illegal behavior from various individuals that were still playing this game. This is where the conversation really starts to take a cultish turn uh, with regards to this game. Now, other 4chan members began to investigate this behavior and these anecdotal kind of pieces of evidence, and they stepped back into Worlds.com themselves. Essentially entering the fray, all of these anonymous users started to then repopulate this world to say, okay, is there a cult happening here? What's really going on? Regardless, the story kind of made it go viral. Or are the people like, like the 50 people that are still playing, where they just like, hey, let's make up this cool story and see if we get people to flood back in. That is entirely possible. And we're yeah. going gonna to kind of talk about okay, that. But okay. there are two regular users of Worlds.com that we're going to discuss in more detail because they seem to be at the center of these cult rumors. The first one we're going to talk about is a name that I, I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce because I've never really heard it before except for on Nexpo's videos that we're, we're going to talk about him in a second. Mm-hmm. But Nexialist, N-E-X-I-A-L-I-S-T. So... In a blog post from January 21st of 2012 named ForgottenWorlds.com by someone with the username George Costanza, a Seinfeld character, Yep. uh, this blog post describes a particular player by the name of Nexialist. So this person was a regular player of the game who had been trying to entice 4chan users from, like I mentioned, the V and X forums into playing the game with him. And this is in 2010? Good question. 2012 was a blog post about these goings on. Right. I believe that these were happening in the several years prior. This was kind okay. of a known and then thing happening. This like virtual chat room mm-hmm. was thriving in what year again? 
It came into fruition in 1995. It started to peter out in the early 2000s, but it continues to exist today. And it wasn't until the early 2000s that 4chan started to, it got on their radar. Right. So, so, I mean, you're talking like five plus years after this, like, kind of fell off. Someone's oh yeah. like, hey, come back. Come, it, yes. It's awesome. It seems that this person kind of like, you know, was drawing people in over the years to like what you're trying degree, to it's hard to say. Right. It, it, right. I think the thing there that just doesn't make too much sense to me is just like going out of your way to try and recruit. But also, you got to think, I, I have no idea, and maybe they're, they did, but like the actual structure and foundation and the way the chat room functions and everything like that, like it's not like they made a sequel. So right. the base programming is probably super old and outdated. There's not a lot of great features, I'm assuming. Um, and if it petered out, I, you know, they, they, they probably peered, didn't have like uh, as many updates back then, right? Mm -hmm. As they do today. Today it's like update, 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 update. Back right. then it was just like 20 gig update. I'm like, damn, I'm going yeah. to uninstall this game exactly. now. Exactly. And now it's just like, you know, back then it was like, they're, let it ride. Let it ride. See yeah. what happens. And we'll hey, do one big update. You can't fix perfection. But like, when you launch just, something as perfect as why this, why would you want to? <laughs> why would you want to sit in that? I don't know. Like, imagine this. So here's remember the thing. like the old Xbox Live chat rooms where you had to go to the dashboard and yes. like create your yes. room and then have people. Yeah, imagine now, like if you were just like you wanted to stay in that. Yeah, but imagine now, I'm gonna jump analogies and say MySpace instead, a MySpace that you can enter with a digital character. When you can customize it that thoroughly, people start to get personal ownership over their space, right? And so, yeah, you and I might not relate to that idea, but the fact that people have but nestled then, homes and places and, and yes. uh, networking but people, when and, you know, Space Friends comes out and everyone migrates to that and has more features and better customization and everything like that, and then, like that's where you all you know your people hate are. change. You know people retaliate against change. They, they want to draw you back in. For sure, but you're we are talking about something that has like died out, right? And other things have are thrived in its place. Sure. So, yes, people hate change, but when the thing that they're holding on to dies out, right. they're going after... It's a after, dinosaur. Yeah, it's a dinosaur, then they're, they're going after what they're oh, trying to Oh, I agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying, like, there must be some reason as to why these these folks stayed behind. And some people believe yeah, that, that it's, it's cult-centric, right? Nefarious. Nefarious. So, within Worlds.com, Nexialist had a very large following and was known as the key bearer. It could be because of this following that they stuck around. It could be for many different reasons. But it is rumored that finding him within the game is extremely difficult, if not impossible. Some say that the only way you find him is that he finds you that you are a user of the game, that you're browsing and playing and whatnot, and that he will appear to you or okay, he tries to recruit you. I need you. to know how, what, I mean, is it like just like a World of Warcraft where you go and talk to different people? Yes, so again, it, it's kind of like this, it's just kind of like a platform. Like a you can have all these different uh, chat rooms, but they're mm -hmm. not like AIM where you're just typing. It is a chat room in the sense of like Your VR, avatar. what is that, VR chat? Yeah. Yeah, where you are in a three-dimensional space kind of like a crappy metaverse right. and you're just a character walking around and there's different themes i.e different lobbies and so you can just pop in and walk around in whatever different lobby you want to be in now this nexilus guy would come to you find you in any server pull right. you to his server and then show you his wares First right off, hacker if he could just pull you or well, maybe I mean, you maybe it does you. A, oh yeah, yeah okay but 
Is this something that was like talked about and rumored when things were popping in like uh, the population of the the rooms, like the chat rooms? That, the, that's a good question. So right? it doesn't seem that Anonymous caught on until the early 2010s, but I think that that's looking back. So I would right. wager that this theoretical cultish behavior, mm -hmm. these two individuals that we're going to talk about, uh, I believe that their activity was sprawled across the, the 2000s, those early Got 2000s. It. And so... That's what makes this so hard to pin down is that a lot of this is anecdotal. A lot of this is lost to old internet. Um, yeah. And so we can only gather the data that is available to us and try to draw connections right. and conclusions between. You're not talking about a crime scene. You're talking about the right. fast internet. <laughs> yeah. But imagine now you're, you're playing this game. This person finds you. They approach you. And the way it tends to go down, again, per the story, is that you would be approached by his creepy avatar. And I'll show you an image of what that looks like in a second. And he would stand in front of you speechless for a few minutes until he then invites you by way of message to join him, to follow him. And if you then follow him, he takes you on a tour of his world that is filled with satanic symbols and disturbing images. Again, this is what really makes it known that it's early internet because it looks like the only texture, the only image used to supply this world is just satanic imagery, right? So you just look at the walls and they're all red with devil horns, right? Right. I'll show you here an image or, or disturbing faces and expressions, stuff like that. That's what he looks like. You can see his room Stands behind him there a little for bit. A couple minutes. And I believe this is the in like the entrance to it, Maybe which that's looks just like a, like a hellhole. Maybe it's just like the attention span of like the 2020s but like a couple minutes i'd be like i have like 30 seconds be like okay maybe they're afk that's exactly what away. i thought i would have dodged this cult by going this man's afk yeah he's not here <laughs> okay i thought something weird was gonna go down but nothing's happening Dang, so looks goodbye. like uh old nexi fell asleep at the wheel you know yeah, maybe maybe got up to get some out, cheetos maybe too many or, hours it's really funny because <laughs> like this is supposed to be terrifying and just well maybe i mean i don't know uh, this looks like like an old game right i mean that's what it looks like it loses its terror Over, in yeah. the modern arena for sure for sure this looks like i would hate to talk i would hate to know what cults are out there online now and what they look like oh in God. 2022 yeah yeah that's gonna be some immersive stuff that, you pop on a vr helmet and you're actually right, there exactly <laughs> and mm. haptic suits no, and whatnot no, they no, can no, tickle no, you no. and what ugh. oh they're yeah nope, yeah nope, no, nope, no, nope. no no you're right there are haptic suits for that um yeah this looks so old dude <laughs> could you imagine like you're in a it vr chat room so and they go gucci goo follow me to my satanic room oh my god um and then you say no no thank you mm, like a two feet tall so anyway knuckles. <laughs> Yeah, let's come back to, to kind of this guy and we'll jump into the next one. So after the tour, again, as these stories go, he will then message you audio files. And this is kind of where it gets creepy. If you can get past the imagery of his world, he messages you audio files through their chat feature, which enable you to send audio clips. And typically these audio sounds, uh, per the story, are animals in pain or other similar sounds, disturbing sounds to say the least. Players often then would leave the game after this interaction out of fear, out of misunderstanding for what this platform could be. You know, this is, again, you got to think these are early internet users and they don't know the full potential of it. They don't know what could happen with it. Right. And so immediately, a lot of people jump off of this. They report their experience to various online boards such as 4chan and then they're like, I'm out. But this 
kind of fueled the cycle of curious 4chan users going into the game, finding this individual, having concerning interactions, again, leaving oh, so the they game. they actually, like, found this individual. Yeah, it kind of became this vicious cycle where people were like, I heard stories about this person. Let me go find them. Some would be lucky enough to find them, if you want to even say lucky, have these experiences, share them, and it continues to snowball into this very weird viral story. So, again, I'm building the case here. I'm kind of laying the groundwork that we'll harvest the fruit from here in a second. But let's talk about the second user that comes up often, and this is where it starts to get hairy as well. Do you think, like, he also, or the person also updated their, like, a? I mean, I'm assuming they're sending it via chat through, like, a, not like an attachment type of function? I believe so. Right? Do you think they updated their attachment files, like, higher quality? That's like, a really good question. Or is it still just the, like... <laughs> I just imagine because it's really all, compressed. I just yeah, either really compressed and scratchy, or I just imagine in my head for some reason it's like one of those kid toys where you pull the string and <laughs> right, like how goes, <laughs> and right. just like that's it just looks so old and right. dated, right? So in my mind, and he's just like, do you want to hear something terrifying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it could what, just be this yeah, dude just, recording himself through yeah. his phone handheld piece going, <laughs> and then like sharing that. But right. either way, and it's terrifying disturbing. back then. And right. then maybe now he's just like, oh, I'm losing my touch. I mean, think of the ring. We've talked about this before, but you play that tape now and you're like, that's low quality, but that makes it spooky. But if, right. but if the ring came out, put out a 4K Blu-ray of that haunted tape, you'd be like, hmm. Looks too fake, you know? Yeah. It's you put that TV now. smoothing on it and you're like, nah, it's not creepy anymore. It just right. looks like a woman brushing her hair. Highly produced. Look, a lighthouse. True. A fly. Whoa. <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't know. I and I really don't really want to find these audio clips, but if they exist, you know. Let's talk about the second user that tends to come up a lot. This person goes by the name of Jimbly. And Jimbly was mentioned back, you know, I mentioned this online user named George Costanza. In their blog experience, they kind of shared this name. And according to the blog post, joining Jimbly's online network requires bizarre asks and exposing information such as mugshots or even nude imagery. So one person approaches you, silently stares you down until you kind of go, what? And then they say, come to my world. And then you go on this satanic tour. This person will reach out to you, ask you to do very bizarre tasks and then if you do those, they might then let you into their world. Very, very creepy stuff. You never know who's behind all of these things, especially in the early internet. But again, we're kind of laying the groundwork for a lot of these weird odds and ends that come up. So in Jimbly's self-created world stood 30 different rooms filled with various mugshots. Room two in particular was dedicated especially to Jimbly himself. Now, Christian, I don't know if that means images of Jimbly or if this room in particular was just an homage to Jim Lee to be like, hey, this is my world or, or anything like that. I don't know if they were exposing their own face to the world or not. Oh, so like Kiki's Delivery Service and Totoro and Studio Jim Lee. And yeah, were there any like PG friendly rooms in this <laughs> world that we can kind of soften the blow with? I can't say for certain, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there were no PG PG friendly rooms. Um, <laughs> it's It's kind of hard to say because like it's been said, this is a tenuous story yes, yes. <laughs> um but i believe room two is dedicated to kind of a mixture photos of jimbly as well as being like dedicated to his like a, a, a 
I don't even know how to describe it, really. Almost like, like a um, a totem or uh, totem's yeah, the wrong word, yeah, but yeah. like a um, a shrine. A shrine. Yeah, it's a great I, word. I believe it was like a mixture of that, but I'm honestly not really sure. Interesting. Well, the blog that we're talking about kind of theorized that these two individuals were working together to solicit perhaps inappropriate files, pictures, information from individuals to then store and share them on Jimbley's world. That's where we start to get into the theoretical territory. But YouTuber Nexpo, who is somebody who I've followed for quite some time, very well-crafted videos, they actually made a video covering Nexilist and Jimbley, and it appeared that the true cult was led specifically by Jimbley, that maybe the other individual was part of it or just tangential. Hmm. But following Nexpo's video on the two and on the cult rumors, Worlds gained an influx of new users. I mean, essentially, this went viral because of the popularity. And, th and that's the centerpiece here that only adds to more confusion. The more people that talk about this, like ourselves, ironically, the right. more misinformation spreads and the more this just garners attention mm -hmm. without any... It's just more loose ends, really. So many of the regulars of this game, people on Worlds.com, started to grow annoyed with the viral attention most of these folks that were just using this world for whatever purposes they have, but were not at all attached to this cult or these users. So people are starting to get really annoyed by this influx. People right. thinking that, you know, that there has to be some cult. So they're like, no, 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 this, this is just a regular old thing. This ain't right. a cult. You, you have the small handful of people yeah. that have been existing in this area for quite some time. And they're just doing their thing and they're chatting. They're, you know, saying hi to old buddies on the daily, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. Then you have this influx of... People are showing uh, of people up. showing up going like, hey, where's the cult? Hey, where's the guy? Show yeah. me the yeah. person. Like, where are they? Give them to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, are you a part of a cult? What's going on? Hey, can I join? Like, I just imagined the spamming of all that annoying stuff. Oh, yeah. And so for the diehards, I'm sure it was just very annoying. In fact, there is a mod of the world's subreddit, username Whirlaburla who shared a blog post dispelling rumors of any cult activity or illegal activity going on. And with regards to the mugshots in particular, they said this, quote, Mugshots is a world created by Jimbly, which features many user-submitted pictures along with their username. It was a way to know who you were talking to without being too invasive back then. While the anonymity was nice back in the day, some people really appreciated worlds and the users on it, and submitting a picture was a way to share a virtual connection with one another. Which makes sense, right? This is probably one of the first kind of self-created social media platforms people started to build real-world connections through this digital platform, and they wanted to share pictures of themselves to create a little bit more of an interactive and intimate setting. But despite these many PSAs on the World's Online subreddit, some newcomers were still very curious about the ongoing secrets that could potentially be hidden behind the walls of something like Worlds.com. In fact, there was a 5-gigabyte file that only fueled this fire. 5-gigabyte file doesn't really sound that big, but it can contain a lot of text information. I mean, if it's just through. like Word docs or sound bites, like 5 gigs could be oh, yeah. uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands. Right. So... There was a five gigabyte file that was archived with information regarding worlds. And it was found on a website called Anon Files. Simply enough, Anon Files was an online file storage place that offers anonymity. You didn't need to make an account or log in in order to upload files. And so you can imagine, I mean, that's that early oh, Western like God. internet stuff. Yeah. Anything you, goes. 
hey, just throw it up there. Don't worry about it. Right. Like, it's all good. And now it's like, you need your name, your oh, yeah. social, your phone number, and Well, that's email because people address. started pirating stuff that way or yeah, sharing viruses and mm-hmm. all of that. So within this file, though, was information regarding a group called the Cult of Saturn. We're going to do our best to dive into this file, by the way. But again, there's so much information within this that it's hard to succinctly dive into it. So we're going to we're going to focus on the main pieces of information and uh, the rest is out there. I, I would really urge caution if you wanted to start downloading random files from the Internet. But that information is available to parse if one was so inclined. So moving on now from those two specific individuals, I've kind of given their backstory. Now, if I mention them, you'll know where I'm at. But Let's talk about this file now. There was a YouTuber by the name, I believe, Eudoxia Mysteries, and a Reddit user by the username Mugetsu TV. Both explored this five gigabyte file, so you and I, Task Force, don't have to. And they called it the internet's biggest rabbit hole. So like I said, a lot of information, but in this file were links to a blog by a woman named Tara Orasso. And uh, that was in July of 2015. This shared some of her experiences involving a cult. So we're going to go off the beaten path for a second, but just like all internet mysteries, it's going to coalesce here at the end. This is, this is okay. So stop again. It gets windy. There's like, no, 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 no. I'm just (laughs) saying there's like little breadcrumbs of creepiness. Mm -hmm. Here's where you go. Oh, these breadcrumb chunks are bigger. Oh yeah. Because now, now we're really talking like cult stuff, right? The, the other stuff before it's like, it could just be someone being weird on the internet, right? right? Exactly. Now it's you're when talking they all about coalesce. like someone just like, "Hey, I had this really weird cult experience," and, uh, and there's these hidden files of mm-hmm. like some. It goes from like someone could just be in that world messing around, you know? Absolutely. It, it, it takes a little bit more dedication and seriousness to have like a big uh, five gig file. Um, if I'm assuming it's all text or mostly text or just some text in there. Like to write that out, hide it, not to have like a guaranteed payoff or something like mm-hmm. that. This is where you gotta go. Okay, this is more serious stuff. That's right. Like here. you gotta believe someone, someone tipped off somebody else as to the file's existence. Yeah. That or someone just going through this anonymous website filled with anonymous files and just downloading them all and just it's cracking insane. them open, seeing what's inside, like a it's wonder ball. Insane. I mean, you grab a brand new computer and just yeah, or open up a, like a sandbox browser with it. anyway. So, again, within all of this file comes a blog post from Tara Arasso, okay, and that comes from July of 2015. Now, Tara worked alongside a man named Richard to research the cult and put out an informative yet very real blog post. When I say the cult, I mean the cult of Saturn. She joined this cult in 2010. Tara dated a guy who was into grunge and punk music, and they would often attend parties together. Eventually, the guy she was dating started to tell Tara about drugs that could be used to open your third eye, right? And then they began talking about worshiping the planet Saturn. So as she gets to know this guy, this guy's kind of unveiling a little bit more about him and this group that he's a part of. Once she became part of this group, others in this group told Tara about a book called The Book of Lock and Key. This book would sometimes be referred to as the Book of Loki, just because it sounds similar, but also evokes some very interesting thoughts. Mm -hmm. So many occult communities have tried to find this book over the years. In fact, on many occult library websites, such as the X Library, someone posted they were looking for this book, and another person responded to them saying, quote, everyone knows this is an extremely rare and possibly non-existent book. 
But essentially, this X library, it's its its own website of occult books and literature and whatnot. I don't believe that this website exists any longer because I tried to find it, though we do have a screenshot of what it looks like. So essentially, we have this new book now that will be referred to a few times, but it's so rare, so difficult to find that some believe it might not even exist at all. Interesting. So old school. Yeah. But eventually, you know, again, long story short, mm -hmm. in this blog post, Tara then talks about being introduced to a man by the name of Frank Webster by one of her friends. This same friend seemed to worship Frank, and this is when Tara started to begin to realize, okay, I, I think I'm involved with a cult, because they kind of eased her into it, slowly unveiling weirder and weirder information and opening up their Dude, true nature a little bit run more, more. as far as you can, as oh, fast yeah. as you can. Oh, yes. This, you're going to be sacrificed. Well, perhaps. To Saturn. To Saturn. Of all oh. places. They're going to launch you off, send you to the surface of Saturn where you'll fall for an eternity yeah. and let the gravity crush you into a I'm diamond. I'm still waiting like for like the turn here where... They're like, Saturn was a symbol for something and they weren't actually worshipping the planet. Because right now it sounds like oh. they're worshipping the planet. You're talking about like a Roman god? Or just Saturn? anything that's not just the planet in the, in the sky. Right. Well, this isn't the first time we talked about Saturn, right? No, we for sure. We talked about those, uh, those tiles that uh, often talk about Saturn. But they were referred to like 2001 A Space Odyssey and all that. But let's wind it back a little bit. Let's talk about Frank. Again, a lot of different vectors here, so stop me if you get lost. So in 2009, this Frank Webster started this cult known as the Cult of Saturn. How did this start? Let's talk about it. So, oh, so he's the one that started the thing. He's the thing. one that started it. And, yeah, and that's why people were kind of worshiping him, because he's the centerfold to this whole thing. He's the leader Weird. of this cult. Yeah. So why did it start? Why is it called the Cult of Saturn? Well, in the early days of the cult, people would join and simply share ideas about the supernatural. This was just a way for people to share their stories about whether it be aliens or ghosts or anything in between. This is what they would do. That said, many early members used the group more in a way of making friends and partying than anything else, than anything that a cult might be doing. But that's kind of your... They put you in a sense of ease, right? They get you in a false sense of security. You're like, oh, this is just a networking, a social thing. Right. And suddenly the whole group shifts and then it feels like something else. But Tara wrote that in order to get his cult taken more seriously, Frank Webster started elaborate recruitments in London where he would take his cult into the streets for promotion, doing things like spray painting occult symbols on walls or other small efforts essentially that he would call missions. People go out on missions in London to recruit people. Now, jumping to the end, really, this recruiting method was somewhat successful in that they gained around 30 additional members to this cult uh, at the Occupy London protests, if you recall those of many years ago. So yeah, this is just kind of now the start of the cult of Saturn. Were they always referring to themselves as a cult? Because before it just seemed like you'd be like, hey, we just have like a club. That's a good question. Christian, do you know if they like adopted the name Cult of Saturn later on or if it was just like tongue in cheek early days, but then actually became serious? Maybe it was kind of something that they didn't outwardly say, but they knew what it was behind right. the scenes. I don't know. It just, I don't think they call themselves like a cult right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know for a fact that two years after the fact, they know that they're a cult and yeah. they know they're trying to recruit people. I just don't know. Yeah, at that point in time, started it's like, like that. you're a cult, you're trying to recruit people. Yeah. I mean, it's probably impossible to find, but I was just curious if off the bat, they're like, we're a cult. 
Yeah. It just I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if they're hanging out and partying and stuff like that, it just seems like, oh, just, we just kind of have this, like, this club of friends. Yeah. I would gather that Frank Webster started this to say, no, come over. We're going to just talk about the supernatural. You know, it's very light touch stuff. And Weird. But then suddenly he's like, you know what? I think we need new members, right? And he starts to coax people around. Yeah. And suddenly they've gently shifted without really realizing. I mean, I quickly walk you through Tara's experience via her blog post. And, and she's starting to realize like, oh, I was just doing this to party and meet friends. But now... I mean, I'm being like, introduced to this guy and you're like worshiping him and you're telling like, me to you, do stuff. Like, could like, you imagine if, you know, we have board game nights. Oh, man. You know, we go and hang out and do board hey, games. Hey, before board game night tonight, everybody, I, I brought this goat. <laughs> oh, no! Lamb chop! Just go ahead and hold this knife. Um, No, but like, imagine set up a board game night like we usually do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, my friend um, Barry's coming over and Barry comes over. And like as soon you as all I get on the ground, as, kiss the floor. As soon as I see him, like he puts his hand out, and I take oh. his hand and just kind of put it on my forehead to kind of give him a little bless. Whoa. Would you just be like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'd be like, I, "I'll shake your hand, I suppose, but I'm not going to smear your palm on my face." Like, <laughs> what is this? I'd be very strange. I'd be taken aback. I'd be right. like, "Whoa!" And then, but I'm not like, going to call you out because I'm like, "This guy's clearly comfortable with you," and I'm not going to be like judgmental. Right. But then you know, do you just start noticing different things? Like me, you know, we hey. We have uh, cheese and hors d'oeuvres, but he's got like his own platter of like foods. And mm, he pulls out his and... own lunchable, I mean, like it's a Ziploc bag of red meat I don't recognize. Maybe, or oh. just like he has his own That's specially right prepped meal that I have prepped for him. Oh man, <laughs> That's like what would you do? It's I don't so... know, but I I feel like board games would start to become more and more sparse. I'll just I'll be honest. I if you, feel I if feel Barry like Barry starts showing up. <laughs> Rubbing you up and saying, "Give me my lunch," then I'm I'm gonna kind of be a little off. I'm gonna start being busy whenever you ask. I'm, yeah. I might start being I, busy. I might start I hating board games. I, <laughs> I might be sick those I days. I can't make it anymore. <laughs> I, Barry gonna be there? I'm just not oh, a, you know he is. I'm just not a fan of betrayal anymore. Barry uh, has his own board game he wants to play tonight. It's gonna be really special. You should come. And oh that's when I go. God. Yikes! Yeah, I feel like I'd have to be like, dude, are you? Like you good? Cult. You good? Like yeah. I don't want to use the word cult here, but like, but I will. You're like a leader Lowercase of the group for right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I will say I can't yeah. find anything that says when they adopted the name uh, Cult of Saturn or, mm-hmm. or incorporated the name Saturn into their group. Yeah, but it does kind of beg the question of how often do cults refer to themselves as cults? That's right? a really good. Yeah, That's I think true. Yeah, it's a good question. It's worth asking, but it's like. Did yeah, they ever call themselves that, or is that just what they became known as by others? Mm-hmm. But I, I can't find any concrete info. I mean, I thought that was going to be near impossible. I was just curious. Um, but no, that's that's a good point. Do we just go, hey, we're a cult, or just go, hey, we we hang out, and then everyone just go, this is this is a this cult. is a cult. <laughs> this, this is a cult. Let's you be know, real. if I had to label this group, I'd say cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, Trevor here, and I'm going to dive right into it, just the meat and potatoes of the business. We've got a TikTok channel. I want to shout that out because it's doing quite well. Thank you all for joining it and following it and liking everything. Uh, You've had us pop off a few times now, so thank you very much. You can find that with a different handle, The Red Web. So check that out on TikTok. We do mini mysteries, sometimes things that you're going to recognize, but it's also our way to scratch that itch of those mini mysteries that can't really fill out a full proper episode. 
Also, if you like gameplay, here's another shout out to something else that Alfredo and I are doing. If you go to youtube.com slash let's play, you'll see a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, if you will, uh, or rather a peek to a different curtain. That is uh, the other job that Alfredo and I have. We played through the entire game of Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. It's a spooky, scary horror game, and we had a good time while playing that. So if you want to check out what we do over there, you can uh, you can check that out with a scary game. Other than that, let's talk about today's fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one that you have with yourself. You are your greatest asset, so invest the time and effort into yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to worry about seeing anybody on camera or anything like that if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This episode of Red Web once again is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Task Force, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Audible where you will get tons of audio entertainment all in one app. You might know Audible for the incredible selection of audiobooks across genres, from bestsellers and new releases all the way to celebrity memoirs and mysteries, thrillers, so much more than that, but that's just, you know, I'm just going to list out a couple of genres that they got. So, whether you listen to audio at the gym while relaxing at home or on your commute, Audible has a ton to choose from. Audible members can choose one title per month to keep including new releases. And new members can try Audible for free for 30 days. I use Audible when I'm in the gym so I can listen to some of my favorite books. It's what gets me out of bed in the morning because I want to know what happens next in that novel, right? And so I also don't have to sit down and scrub my eyes across a page. I get to listen to it while I lift. I feel very efficient while doing it. And I'm getting yoked like a scientist. Uh, visit audible.com slash redweb or text redweb to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Again, that's 30 days of Audible for free at audible.com slash redweb or text redweb to 500-500 to join Audible to listen to a ton of book and podcast titles. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly the high point in our academic careers, but now thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. I like to use Babbel because it kind of gamifies the way that you can learn a language. It's always fun to learn a new language because you can use it wherever you want in life. It becomes like a tool that you can use as necessary if you travel around. But I don't really like memorizing words, and so that's why I like Babbel. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash redweb. That's babbel.com slash redweb for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And with that said, let's dive right back into the mystery. Well, this is where I want to do my best to take all of the paths, all of the background information we have laid out so far and try to build it up now. And because and, it does all seem a bit non sequitur, let's build it up into one kind of case as to how these all kind of connect. So 
Tara found out in 2011 that one of the cult members convinced Frank that the cult would gain a larger following through making itself into an ARG. We've talked about ARGs many times in the past, but that means alternative reality games or sometimes augmented reality games. And this is also kind of where the story starts to really get confusing because they start as a cult, if you take it at face value, this is when they really start throwing things at the wall, seeing what will stick. How can we get more people on board with this group? How can we build more influence as a group? Oh, God. Yeah. So this group then took to 4chan and other online forums posting about their cult in relation to the end of the world theories with the Mayan calendar. If you recall, 2012 and the years prior uh, were a buzz with the end of the Mayan calendar. 2012 was even a movie about like the end of the world. Yeah. And so they were really trying to take some of that social momentum behind that, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, urban legends, myth, right, the myth theory. Or, yeah. Um, they just tried to kind of ride that wave to build up more of a presence. Interesting. I just wouldn't want to be attached to that. No. But when you're just trying to garner raw numbers, I True. guess maybe you do. And I mean, also, like, you probably are looking for those type of minds to like exactly bring in. that's that's probably right like absolutely open minds that that's the pool be. you want to swim in essentially absolutely. that's a good analogy <laughs> i'm not dipping my toes that's a, that's a pool you wear a wetsuit in well, I mean, um <laughs> just one toe don't worry about it well okay you get in there water's warm a lot of pee, <laughs> lot of pee in that pool. so by trying to ride this wave they jumped onto various social media platforms and they even created a website called falseprofithq.com this website was littered with occult symbology and symbols and they actually had a countdown that featured on the front page that said quote the end of the world essentially counting down the days left now mm -hmm. this is a major red flag for any occult behavior right regardless of their intent a lot of these you see it in, in pop culture, whether it's a joke like in Parks and Rec or whether it's serious, like something maybe like this. They love to use that idea that they know when the world's going to end to rally their their members, right? Rally their members. And then everyone, you know, the cult leader goes, hey, I made this special batch of Kool-Aid. Let's party the end mm -hmm. of the world together. And then... Don't um, sip. Mm. They made it with pool water. That's oh. where... Oh, God. oh no! I'm building out a I'm building out a universe. <laughs> my cult C, my cult MCU. Either way, though, they have they have these websites now, and so they're they're trying they're just trying to blast out to recruit people. They start making videos, and I don't know why or how this would really attract anybody, but the video featured a man in a balaclava talking about the occult, talking about the end of the world. I don't know if this is okay. Frank himself right, or right. if this is just somebody else trying to obscure their personal identity. But suffice to say, they certainly garnered a lot of attention. But uh, and I and I don't want to say this too much. So this will probably be the last time I say it. But I admit that the timeline here of the events, all the information that we did in our research, this is where it's, you know, really, really gets messy. So finding more details from here on out starts to become very difficult. But ultimately, the cult of Saturn got a lot of attention some with recruitment, but a lot of it featured trolls on the internet. Um, in fact- Damn, no one's safe from the internet. No one's safe from the internet, <laughs> for better or worse, right? And uh, this group that was trolling them actually named themselves the Cult of Mars. Um, <laughs> and they were essentially just a parody of the Cult of Saturn. So 
Damn. Bro. Regardless, we know for a fact that Cult of Saturn was a publicly used name, whether it was at the beginning of the, the cults in right. 2009 or, or popped up somewhere between then and 2013. I don't know. <laughs> just imagine, right. like, we are the Cult of Saturn. And then someone else is going, we are the Cult of Mars. <laughs> We're the Cult of Mars. <laughs> We're the Cult of Mars. Like, damn, man. Like, it's annoying and insulting. Like, right. leave me alone. Who, who let their little cousin in here? <laughs> We're the Cult of Mars. Yeah. We're the Cult of Mars. Like, leave me alone. Join us. The world's going to begin in two years. Um, but yeah, at this point, the, the cult of Saturn seemed to disband. Let's kind of jump to that chase. Oh. Um, now. What? And, yeah. I think, well, uh, did, did the cult itself disband or did they just shift their form? That's the question. Oh, um, like a chameleon. Like a chameleon trying to dodge some trolls. But you never quite lose the trolls, do you? Now, in 2013, rumors of a cult on Worlds.com began to appear online, which involved, once again, those people we talked about, Nexilist and, quote, following the white rabbit. Now, again, remember, uh, Nexilist's avatar featured all black clothing and a kind of artistic take on a rabbit's head. I would very, say so. It was a very creepy, almost geometric. Round-ish face. Yeah. But then also had like long ears that pointed up, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you go rabbit. Right. Definitely rabbit themed here. Um, and I, I believe this is way after the Matrix came out, which also popularized that phrase. I was about to say, was this after the Matrix? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This this was 2013 where rumors really started to begin. So yeah, a lot of messaging around follow the white rabbit, Nexilist looks like a rabbit. And then on April 23rd of 2013, a 4chan X thread titled, quote, The Book of Loki and Nexilist appeared on 4chan by the user named Clay. So this user Clay, like many others online in the occult communities, was trying to find that elusive book. You remember the, the book that was right. referred to as the Book of Loki. Book of Loki. Eventually, Clay realized that the cult of Saturn was related to this book in some way. I'm not exactly sure how they came to that conclusion. Again, a lot is lost to the lack of archiving. But they created a 4chan thread with a supposed page from the book, and beneath that photo was the word Nexilist. This is when Clay, this anonymous user, Clay, searched the word Nexilist, figured out that this was a user within this game, Worlds Online. Mm -hmm. And this is where, I mean, they went through all the rabbit hole features that we kind of loosely talked about, and they came to the conclusion that this cult in this game must be related to this book. And so we have kind of like a trifecta of things emerging together. The game worlds, Nexilist, the user, mm -hmm. and this book uh, of The game and key. itself? Yes, as a platform. Maybe not the game like developers, but the people okay. on the game. So that's how the game's involved. Right. They use it as a vessel. Yes. Basically to this user and other users online kind of looking into this, it appeared that the cult really did join Worlds.com, but to what extent, we're not really sure. Uh, it's still to be determined. That's part of what's unsolved here. We're not sure how active they were, but that's really where people started to fly off the rails with, okay, these people must be the cult members. They're drawing people into this game only as a platform with which to continue to garner new members, right? So so they're tagging the streets of London. They're trying to do an ARG. They have rumors of this book that is impossible to find. And now they have a presence in this worlds.com game. So really, they're just like a very bleeding edge cult where they're trying yeah. to recruit through very new. And it, well, I guess this game isn't bleeding edge anymore, but they were trying to recruit through right. these new tactics. But still, yeah, they weren't handing out like 
flyers and stuff like that or just through, Correct. through friends like yeah. they were actually trying to do like ARGs and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it seems like the one of the first instances of a cult finding home online and recruiting online. This is one of the first cults that made the transcendence from the from physical world into the digital world to find so, new members. So weird. It's very weird. That's These are my so favorite kind of internet mysteries where like what you would expect from real life yeah. blends into the nebulous and unpredictable nature that is online. It's wild. But that's all the information we have as succinctly as possible. Oh. You know, there are other resources out there that you can take a look at, but we have more information coming in the theories. But there are three primary theories that attempt to answer what was really going on here, what were the motivations of everybody, and maybe addressing how all these different factors link in together. Yeah, because like, what I mean, what was the cult really even about? That's a good question. What was their motivation? Yeah. I'm beginning talking about Supernatural, but you're right. What like, is it now? That's, that's the biggest thing for me right now is like, what were they even about? Yeah. Like, I think that's a very scary question. Sure, maybe like cosmetically they're a little scary looking with Nexilis and like all yeah, the devil they're, they're worship Avatar type stuff. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna think that like on the outside they look like that, and the inside they're not something similar to that. But like, what exactly? It's just right. so many like could be shock and awe, right? Yeah, it could just be yeah. theater. But the real thing is, when it comes to this cult or any, is and again, it's a scary question is what is the motivation? I think we can all be flippant and try to answer that ourselves, but there are so many cults, and this might be one of them, that maybe just didn't get up to speed enough with enough members to really attempt their final vision, their their motivation, whatever that is. Whether it's, like you said, drinking the Kool-Aid, or if it's just trying to create a religion, a, a belief system, a town in Oregon, that's a yeah. whole different thing. That's a whole occult thing. But like maybe they just never got to the size that they wanted to then realize whatever nefarious motivations True. they might have had. And that makes me start to wonder, like, what kind of cults have been out there that could have done something wild but that just, just didn't out. and thankfully didn't, right? I'm sure there's a ton out there that have very, very, very bad thoughts, mm. but executing them is, is accelerating that to a whole nother level. So let's talk about some of the theories. So people theorize that Nexilis, Jimbly, and their bizarre worlds were a front for a satanic cult. But according to users on the World's Online subreddit, Nexilis was simply a troll, and Jimbly's worlds are simply just relics of an older form of social media that didn't really properly take and didn't take off. Some think that the cult of Saturn and their activities online were hoaxes run by trolls, that they then called themselves a cult while there was never really a cult at all in this MMO. Oh, I, I completely agree. That could have just been them trolling the entire mm -hmm. time. And then it, it kind of helps answers your question, which was, what were they doing? Well, maybe they were just trolling. Yeah. And they were just, I mean, look, that's just, you see it nowadays, not necessarily like in this form, but I mean, people are trolling all the time in terms oh, yeah. of like being good or bad, friendly or not, male, female, etc. Mm -hmm. Like the the trolls, the trolling has not stopped. I mean, you and I, we talk about board game nights. We'll troll each other. We'll troll one oh, another yeah. in our friend group. And oh, so, yeah. who's to say that this didn't start like that and then just pick up a life of its own? Because yeah. the internet just has that magic touch. It does. Again, always for better or worse, it could go totally different ways. Mm -hmm. But part of this hoax theory is essentially that, you know, this could have been a group of friends hanging out, talking about the occult, talking about supernatural, all with just very humble beginnings, just uh, shared 
beliefs in things. And, uh, and then maybe they started hazing people or maybe they started picking up practices that took off. And this just sent some very incredibly mixed signals to the broader internet that then began looking right. a little deeper, the too ripple deep. ripple effect. Exactly. So who knows? But regardless, there were cults that worshipped Saturn in Roman mythology, but they're the ones that practiced actual sacrificial rituals. And so I don't think that there's any connection between this this modern cult of Saturn and the ancient Roman cults of Saturn. I don't think it's a modern take, but I did want to address that here. With oh, the, okay. The hoax Interesting. section. Yeah, it also seemed like this cult hasn't really done much aside from hanging out. Yeah. Not that, like, I guess most cults' activities are public, but it's more so, hey, we, we hang out. We hang out? Come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but... Let's talk about the next theory, because many who have researched the cult of Saturn, including Terra, whose blog was in that five gigabyte data dump, they believe that this was a front to promote Frank's magazine, The False Prophet, right? The False Prophet was the name of that website. So maybe all of this was a very avant-garde way to promote your magazine. In fact, in the five gigabyte file that we mentioned, Richard, the man who helped Terra research, found screenshots relating to the origin of the cult. In the screenshot, an individual talks about the London Antichrist urban legend and tells people that you can contact an Illuminati agent or this Antichrist figure by the name of Frank at the email address falseprofit@live.com.au. It is generally believed that this is the same Frank as Frank Webster, and so immediately we start to throw away the idea of a deeper actual cult and more throw up the facade of the appearance of a cult. Yeah. Essentially someone who's just intentionally trying to go viral. The same individual said that he found an email associated with two different jobs with the subject line, idle hands wanted for mysterious job on an English <laughs> job search website called mandy.com. Look, that, that, look, what, in the, in the hey, topic, I'm looking for some idle hands. Look, on, on the topic of this episode, sure, you think evil, but my mind went, <laughs> that's sexual. That's, that's sexual, man. Someone's looking for a job. Oh, <laughs> man. Someone's trying to get hands. Some idle, buttery, smooth hands. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for the supplest hands. Freshly trimmed nails, don't ask. <laughs> So the jobs that were listed only had vague descriptions, which don't help what you're kind of after. Oh, God. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. But the descriptions, you know, they describe a new magazine called The False Prophet that was opening and they were looking for creative people. People who were recruited for this job reported strange experiences. And this is where we really start to throw ourselves back into the pool of cult activity. Now, it is worth mentioning that the truth of these London job recruiting details and experiences are up for question, but some of these weird shared experiences are as follows. And I'm going to outline some of the many. Applicants were allegedly put through unorthodox methods of recruitment. Some received cryptic messages that shared their responses with yet other applicants. Applicants were put in direct contact with other applicants without actually knowing who they were or who their recruiter was. Some people were asked to write reviews about the workings and writings of other applicants. And then it started to get really, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to summarize some of these things. Eventually, some of the tasks started having applicants go after each other. They were trying to have each other attack one another psychologically to see if they could prove themselves, whatever that meant. 
So they would say, here's the information behind this person. Go torment them by writing reviews on their writing. Go torment oh. them psychologically by calling like, them. How do you torment someone psychologically? But yeah. if you're handed like a dossier with, I don't know, details about them, then sure. Yeah. They were given some information and told to, quote, destroy the other applicant psychologically in order to get the job. So it really starts to get hairy. This doesn't sound like some ARG. This does sound like potential cult behavior. Or they're just looking for some very specific style of people. People with a lack of remorse or sympathy. Some people were actually called to physical interviews at very abnormal hours. And when they would go, no one would show up. And when they would be there, they would see cryptic symbols that would be left for them to see. Other times, people would be invited to buildings on Old Street, is what I have here, for interviews. Afterward, they would be locked in the building with the lights turned off. Oh, hell no. And then no. they would be messed with psychologically. So this is wild. Okay, so now they're really messing with people. Looking for idle hands. The devil plays with them. Mm. Come on over to Old Street. Step inside this rusty old building. Hope you got your tetanus shot. Bam! Lights off. Those Gorilla radio. Motioned, buttered up. Dang. Okay. And they're like, hey, I, I got these soft hands and no lights. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Where <laughs> Dude, am could I? Could you imagine if you thought it was a sexual thing? <laughs> You're like, I, I brought my tarp. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, weird role play. Fresh but rubber I'm, sheets. But I'm ready to... To trick you off now. Like, <laughs> like, oh, could you just imagine? <laughs> like, right? Because it's so cryptid. Who's to yeah. think? Who's to say that there wasn't someone going like, "This is the night where I get my hands <laughs> dirty." Dang. Here we go, and Dang. then just going, "Hello? Why is someone making fun of me?" I, yeah. get, I thought I was gonna. This is wild. Use these hands. Yeah, I was. I, listen, I, I, I did those little squeezy things that make your hands strong. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just. I'd be like, damn, maybe we got to be more specific a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Start getting all these recruits going, hey. <laughs> okay. The last shared experience, counter to the, the very humorous story you have, the last shared experience with a lot of the job applicants were that people would receive maps uh, for parcel drop-offs. These mysterious packages that would be dropped at different locations and they would just be given a map for these things. So yeah, uh, we have a, a very unsettling set of drop-offs. Like they would have an item that they need to deliver. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't know. I just have the map of drop that, parcels. That's uh, just that's map, just kind of a map asking people to drop parcels off at different locations. Oh hell no! Yeah, no. Here's that's a your, ticking box, and here's a map. Right. You got thirty minutes. This this box is ticking. That box is dripping blood. And Go this ahead one, and deliver it. Stinky. You know. Yeah. But those investigating these mysterious job postings seem to connect the hiring process with the movie Donnie Darko, oh. a movie that I used to love. I watched it so many times. Very interesting movie. I, despite the fact that I've watched it more than 10 times and I used to love it so much, I can barely remember it now. All around me That's definitely in it. But what's interesting is when it comes to Donnie Darko, Frank was the name of the character not Jake Gyllenhaal's character, that's Donnie. Frank was the rabbit that would show up periodically and guide Donnie around, right? It's very mysterious. And also, that character, that rabbit character, is the same look as Nexilist yeah. character yeah. in that game. So it almost seems like they were inspired by this movie. These, which then these, draws into question, in what's movies. this all about? You know what I mean? Right. They're like, oh, Matrix and Donnie Darker were onto something. Like, or fiction. I guess if I was to say I was in a cult and it's based on a movie, it'd be a cult that's based around the Fast and Furious series, you know, mm. on 
my boy. I mean, it's got a good core message because there's nothing more important than family. That's how they get you. And I mean, <laughs> and let me tell you, I got got. I think we're all getting got. <laughs> yeah. This is the you silent I mean? killer here. I'm like, how can I say no to family? <laughs> right. How can I, know, how can I, I crack open on. a cold one with the boys and you're, and you're welcoming, you're welcoming the family? Boys are barbecuing. Are you kidding me, man? You God. seen that car's body kit too? Like, come on, there's every how reason in the world. How can I say no to a hug from Dominic Toretto? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of people looked at the Donnie Darko website around that time and it showed a message that said to get to the level three, you must find the book of the key and lock. And so, you know, there's a lot of language lifted from the Donnie Darko website and movie itself that start to draw into question like, okay, is this actual cult inspired by this pop culture media that speaks to them? Or once again, are they just activating marketing material with the sake of promoting whatever their core business is, whether it's a magazine or just getting attention. And again, maybe this just never hit a size with which we finally saw the final product, right? And maybe just everything they tried petered out. So we, we, we may never know. But coming back to the followers and their very strange tasks, some of those tasks involved writing articles and creating art that would be featured in The False Prophet. Essentially saying, hey, build out my magazine. Maybe some of this included an ARG for the sake of gaining interest online and in the world. But all the strange tasks that Richard found were possible ways to build interest and hype around this cult, which would lead people back to the magazine. And that's where this, the core of this theory lies. Uh, what was this magazine about? I don't really know what it was about. The false prophet. <laughs> was, it just seemed like- I was sitting like, here, I was like, damn man, Frank really trying to pimp his magazine? Wait, that what is, is the magazine about? <laughs> that is a wrinkle in the theory. Cause like, if the magazine doesn't have a clear motivation, if they're, if they're not monetizing or writing about anything, right. if it's just a bunch of random articles and art, that's, uh, what are you really building to? Exactly. So with that said, let's dive into the third theory. That it's possible that this entire concept of cults and an MMO, this cult of Saturn, these individuals within the game, all of it, was simply a part of a massive, expansive ARG. As with most mysteries online, ARGs tend to be one of the popular answers. But let's talk about why. There's a, there are some more pieces of information here. So the five gigabyte file containing all the contents relating to the group may have all been fabricated or at least collected in a way to make it seem like the cult really did exist. It could answer why there are some loose ended questions here that we can't chase down because maybe some of this just simply didn't exist. Ultimately, it's unknown who created the file, why they created the file. And with regards to Tara and Richard's research, all of it is in injure links with their commentary and quote evidence all in one picture, which basically means their evidence seems flimsy at best, yeah. right? If it's just a bunch of screenshots, Imgur is just a an image hosting website. So yeah, you could have screenshotted evidence or it could just be an easy way to fabricate stuff. Their commentary is written almost like they're saying it out loud, making them seem like characters, right? So we have a screenshot, for example, of Tara and Richard talking to one another and it's just, red and blue text on a on a black background almost like a linux system or something yeah. i don't know like old internet terra virtual reality worlds virtual reality is the gate of dreams the ghost in the machine it points the silver key to the gate of dreams it's all connected the lone gunman was right life is just an arg mm -hmm. you're saying it's an arg huh yeah but richard seriously terra Get some sleep. 
You're starting to sound like a crazy person saying life is just a game and you can open up portals. Anyway, that's it. Here are the Zenner artwork images created by COS. Huh. Anyway, you're starting uh, to sound a little wild of the mind there. You're getting anyway, a little weirder. Some more stuff. <laughs> Get some sleep. Anyways, here's what you wanted. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're talking about ARGs. You know, they're really starting to like blend the reality with this cold with this game. It's a, this is where it all falls over itself. And this, I mean, that to me is one of the like signals of an ARG when things start to get really confusing and you start to ask real questions like why this or why that, and then you come back to a zero answer. Oftentimes, it's a buried answer because. There is no answer because it's an right. ARG. Yeah. It's like, how do you find the answer that, that doesn't exist? Yeah. So with regards to this theory that it's simply an ARG, the story about the cult starting outside of the internet may only exist to make this ARG feel more real, to make this whole story feel more authentic. And so that would answer, again, why we don't know a lot of things. When it comes to, the, again, the five gigabyte file, it also contains keys which contained puzzles and riddles. These were often given to members of the cult as tasks, each one harder than the last with some still unsolved. I believe the puzzles and riddles and all of that could probably be a bonus episode in and of itself, just kind of dissecting some of those. I'm gonna read one at random here. Dragonlance alludes to how to achieve apotheosis and how the phases of the moon influence magic oh that's the sorcerer's stone <gasps> harry potter those who wanted the stone but not to use it could find it nicholas flamel was uh <laughs> you know he was in a hard way that way i mean he he definitely needed it so yeah. if he wanted to find it i'm sorry right he's out of luck anyway it's unknown if the book of lock and key even exists and if we are talking about an ARG, it very likely doesn't. The cult of Saturn may have simply made it up in order to garner interest in the cults. And I think the fact that they use the movie Donnie Darko, we have lines from the Matrix, also continue to build the narrative of this being contrived. True, yeah. Especially with regards to, like I mentioned, Nexilus' avatar very much resembling the rabbit from Donnie Darko, also being the character named Frank. It all stands to reason. Also, we talked about a user named Clay on 4chan. Well, in one of the posts on the X board of 4chan in January of 2017, Clay, who previously researched the cult of Saturn, wrote this, quote, Close to December 21st of 2012, Frank made a site, falseprofithq.com. It was like an ARG sort of thing with cryptic pages, red herrings, and passwords that would allow you to progress through the various levels. There was also a countdown to December 21st of 2012. Sometimes you would be redirected to a video which gave clues to the passwords. A lot of it was about occult stuff like sigils, Saturn worship, and aliens. Clay also believes that the book of Lock and Key is probably made up, and this was uh, several years after their initial post. This was somebody who kind of really dug in. I like how you also managed to sneak in aliens. Well, always sneaking in. Always you know? sneaking in, you know? But yeah, I mean, it stands to reason that aliens would be there, as well as the occult, if... You know, any good story has a foothold in reality. And if yeah. the story of this kind of cult, worlds.com thing, whatever, is stemmed from reality, well, then the authors were very interested in the supernatural. Yeah. That was very much a part of it. So it is nice that the ARG story or theory does wrap in the supernatural piece because that kind of... It this just felt like a, a little piece of the... The core. Yeah. Right. This this feels like a well as well rounded as you can be as a theory 
with regards to all this stuff. I think ARG does make a lot of sense. It just seems like what it is because there, there was just like a lot of buildup and then nothing happened, right? Right. And a lot of times the ARG is like all this buildup mystery and it's like, well, thanks for playing. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, man. And this one doesn't even say thanks for playing. This one just kind of petered out. Yeah, exactly. And so it leaves you with nothing but questions. I mean, for example, like, okay, well, if this is an ARG, what about Nick Silas? What was he up to? Yeah, he might have looked like Donnie Darko's rabbit character, but... What was this all about? What was he doing? Because clearly there was a person behind that. Was that one of the cult's ARG authors or was this a real person? Well, this person, it depends how you want to subscribe to this story. They could have been somebody in the cult of Saturn ushering people in, using worlds.com as a way to bring them in. Or this whole ARG or cult of Saturn reality, whatever it was, whatever you subscribe to, could have existed to the side and that this Nexilist person was on worlds.com and just happened to pick up random popularity. And so they leaned into it. Like the, True. that they were never a part of it. They just got kind of wrapped up mixed in it. In it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But at the end of the day, many others feel that the real life aspects of the cult of Saturn researched by Terra and Richard make it much more likely to be a real cult that just used ARG tactics in order to recruit members. That is- I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That is a good point because... Because it did seem like you said earlier, kind of like bleeding edge, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were like going into these virtual rooms and everything like that. But who's to say they didn't see that and go, hey, we could use that to uh, our benefit. Absolutely. It seemed at some point in time, if this was a real cult, that they sat there and asked themselves, how can we better do this? Let's go tag the streets. Let's go to Occupy in London. Let's go online. Let's go to the extent of doing an ARG. Let's have this magazine. They... They really sprawled out, and so they have a very wide and confusing footprint, and then they very quickly petered out, and that's what really stokes the intrigue of this mystery. But yeah, that's the conclusion, baby. That's Damn. where we're at. How do you feel? Where where does your mind, after all this information, where do you land? I, I land that this is like, I don't know, that this is an ARG. I feel like this is like, yeah, yeah I, I think that this is just kind of just like, hey, you know, let's create this this kind of like cultish type thing, and and from there they just kind of ran with it and it petered out yeah that's what i feel like because there was a lot of build-up there was there were a lot of like tangible things but at the end of the day like once things really started going it went from like here's the first level and you really went like all the way up to to the door level two mm -hmm. never really happened right the door always just seemed like it was just locked right and we never went past it but we got up on it. We we're buttery hands all over it and everything. Yeah, but silk like, smooth baby hands. Never opened it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. ARG definitely checks a lot of boxes. And the most important one for me is just like, oh, that's a relief. It's just an ARG. Right. Know? Exactly. But part of me also thinks that, I don't know, I could go a lot of different ways. I, suffice to say, I could see the cult piece being very related, but also real. I don't know if the cult inspired the ARG for recruitment or if it's reverse because we have talked about ARGs in the past yeah. that had people truly believe what was being laid down. Junko Junsui, right, was a great example of that where people believed what was going on. We discussed that in a, in a much older episode. But, you know, if people started to believe that this cult existed by way of the ARG, maybe they, they spoke it into reality and True. some people created it and made it a thing. True. I mean, maybe that's what um, what's his name? The 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 Nectilus? Nectilus, What is? 
Nexialist, yeah. Yeah, Nexialist. Or Nexialist. It's yeah. either way. Maybe that's what he is, right? Could be. Or he just kind of got whimmed of it and was like, oh, I'm going to join. He's like, wait, people are talking about me? Yeah. I was just playing puzzle pirates and I became Ex an enigma. Exactly. But I don't know, man. Cults are, cults are scary, dude. But yeah. I mean, you'll see Barry next week, so don't worry about it. Maybe he was like, I'm Nexialist, but then he was like, sent audio messages like, if you're an alien, please do not <laughs> lie. What if you came over and I was like, oh, I'm showing my friend Barry, but Barry was an owl. And then you went over to Christian, you're like, Christian. Mm hmm. Fredo has an owl. I would take a Christian's photo like, of it wow, because he would, he would call me out and be like, no. Uh, no, he didn't. No, but what if, no, what if, like, I'm not the madman. He brought the what, owl what if, <laughs> But what if Christian was like, that's crazy. I just got one last week too. An owl? I would be like, where's my Hogwarts letter, dude? Why are we all getting owls? I'm not sending you a, a physical mail via owl, ever. I don't care what the next generation wants to do. That's where I draw my, that's where I become the boomer or not, the millennial. I'm not training no owls. I'm not training an owl. I don't. damn messages. I, listen, I, I'm, I, mice might be rodents, but they're not food. Not to me. I'm not feeding a live mouse to a living oh. bird. I'm also not letting that evil in, you know. <laughs> I've seen the movie with the vampire. That evil. You, know, you got to let the right ones in. You're not letting that evil in. But uh, hey, anyway, I want to shout out again to Nexpo. If you want to check them out on YouTube, this is not sponsored in any way. This is just my own personal shout out. I really enjoy what he makes. Very similar topics as to what we cover. Uh, do it in a completely different way. And uh, I, I just wanted to, you know, give them a shout out because uh, they put in some really good work. But other than that, Task Force, thank you so much for listening. Fredo, see you right back here next Monday for yet another mystery. Around me are the squonky fins.